On today's episode, we talked about pets. Why are pets so important in the grieving process? Why do people in funeral homes have pets as their grief therapists? And why pets are cool. And why it's so hard to lose them. Let's talk about it, Nick. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. Psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Welcome. How's everybody doing? I'm doing good, Nick. Be a fun episode. Let's talk about pet deaths, Ben. Let's talk about pets with death. Or pet deaths. I mean, I kind of I don't like what you summarize. So let's that. just keep going. So, how important are pets, Nick, to you? To me or yeah, to you specifically, to what like what do you think about pets right now? I think pets are one of the best companions you can have for telling secrets. They're going to love you for who they are. I think the best part about pets, honestly, is, is that they're always in the here and now, which is something us humans struggle with. Pets don't hold grudges. They're not worried about anything but what's happening. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say right something. Now. I'm going to say something, and I think you 100% agree with this. One of the pe- people that I really looked up to in the last five years said to me something, and I was like, I, I you know what? That's 100% true. If you put your wife and you put your dog in the back of a car, right, in, in, in the trunk, sure. you lock them in there. When you open that trunk, who's going to be more happier to see you? It's a very good question. I would follow it up. That's very abusive either way, so please I, don't is, do that. It is, but the idea is that's unconditional love of a pet. Right. Pets have unconditional love. They don't care what you do. They care about you. Well, I mean, eventually well, they I mean, do. they care about being fed. I mean, that's... I mean, that's, 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 that's well, no. Pets, pets have a, a deeper connection. That's why we use animals all the time to help with anxiety and depression. Um, there's therapy dogs out there. There is therapy animals. I, I don't want to just classify this under dogs. I'm a dog person. Nothing against cat people. Just, Nick, I'm a dog can guy. I, can dog I ask lover. you not to be so boring about and I love And I love horses. Horses? Huh? Yeah, I think uh, well, I hope one day I can get some autism horses. You know, to not autistic horses. Uh, that would be nice, Nick. But, but horses that help let, with autism. Let's talk about death and, and pets, right? So to begin with, we can go back to the Egyptians because they would bury the king, right? The royal pets. Yeah, with their cats, right? Because mm-hmm. they the pharaohs cats, cats go on to the afterlife. Yeah. So they would literally bury a cat. Well, and, and cats have a lot of stigmas their, to them. Like can I, old can I finish my thought processes. No, because it wasn't going anywhere. Well, it was the idea, right? The the Egyptians, they would bury their cats. Like the royal Egyptians would bury their cats with them. I think they mummified some of them. Maybe. Don't quote me on that. But I, I think Don't they did. quote Nick on that because he doesn't know anything. But the idea is... You know what? You can write me and tell me if that's incorrect. <laughs> Feel free um, to uh, write us at... Uh, and sorry death to the ancient Egyptian civilization. No, but they would, they would bury their cats with them. That, that, is, that is no... Okay. That is known, especially the the the. Um, I'm talking about the mummification. Yeah, the kings, the kings. Never mind. Not Moving kings. on. What are they called? Pharaohs. Sorry, the pharaohs would be buried with their cats. But I've had a lot of, in my experience, I've had a lot of clients who are super close to their pets, and for multitudes of reasons. But a lot of what I know about pets, and especially for someone who is, you know, you just lost a a family, a loved one. Uh, my spouse, maybe after 50 years, and 
you know, you have this dog that's still there. So at least you don't go home to an empty house. I mean, we are a very, um, the human society is a very community-based. We need people. But ultimately... We don't want to be alone. We don't want to be alone. Right. But ultimately, a, a pet can be that person for someone. It can be, you know, not necessarily, you know, a person, but... You know, it's it's at least something for people to grasp onto. Let me go a little further, Nick. Let's switch that. Let me do the psychology thing here, which you're not used to. What about the dog itself or the cat itself? I've been to so many families where I go into the house and I do the removal, right? Which the removal means I come in and I take your loved one back to the funeral home. And the dog knows exactly what I'm doing. How do they know that, Ben? Do they tell you? They do. I'm a dog whisperer, also a cat whisperer, and a horse whisperer, Nick. So if you want horses, you got to talk to me. But the idea is they know. They know what's going on because they're very timid about the situation. In fact, I've gone into a house where dogs have been on the bed. There's a strong bond. Almost as don't take him or her away. There's a strong bond between pets and, and humans, especially if there's a mutual love. You see these videos all the time of these uh, Marines and Army people coming home after, you know, two years or not being home, and the dog is like, or you're the back. dog showing you're up back. at the, you know, at I'm the so grave. Glad you're here. Or the Where dog, have you been? <laughs> or the dog showing up at the grave. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, like yeah. ten miles away. You or know. dogs finding their way home. You know, they you can leave some dogs in the middle of nowhere and they'll find their way home. It's an in tune thing. And I think there's something beautiful about it. You know, I, I know that there's some dogs out there that will literally know if someone's about to have a diabetic situation. Nick, they'll no, no, come no, no, and literally yeah, like, me, be like, wake up. That, you need to take I your had, medicine. Like I had a really cool, um, dog trainer and we're going to, we're going to talk more about this in this episode, but I had this dog trainer that was telling me that he trains his dogs for diabetic patients and they can literally bring them their pouch when they know that that person's having like a sugar low. Yeah. Blood sugar. Yep. They like smell the it. idea they that it. not only do they know that you need to have this now, but the idea is they'll bring it to them. So the idea of a dog knowing before you do that you, you need sugar or you need your insulin shot is like incredible. How many of these dogs are saving these people's lives? Well, that's the that's a big point, and I want to I want to clarify that not only can dogs physically save you, but they can also emotionally save you too. And I think that's the deeper thing with people that get really attached to their pets is there is an emotion emotional balance that this dog or this cat or this horse or whatever animal it is brings to this person yeah and i don't want to i don't want to go into just dog but the cats are pretty cool too and there's some things that cats have done that are incredible so i don't want to i don't want to just, just specifically just not into sneaky yeah cats are sneaky you know let's talk about that an email if anybody wants to leave us at let's talk about death pod at gmail.com can we talk about how cats are sneaky or actually if you could give us a story about your pet if they've saved your That'd life, be in some really way. That'd cool. be really cool. So there are some dogs that are trained to be grief therapy dogs. How does that work? Ben, what does that mean? How do I be as cool as you? First, I can't help you to be as cool as Ben Kapal. That's that's a very tough thing. But I can tell you a little bit about the uh, grief therapy dogs. So I've had their uh, opportunity. I went to a couple conventions where I've got to meet some of these dogs, and they're they're awesome. 
They're absolutely awesome. And it's really cool because it goes back to, you've probably met some therapy dogs or some sort of like professional dogs. And you realize that they're wearing their collar, they're working. So they tell you like, realize you can do whatever you want. Just like, don't play with them. Like just, you know, because they're working, they're Mm -hmm. doing their thing. So the idea is if they have their collar on, please don't, you know, feed them. They're working. Mm-hmm. And I asked, like, how does that work in the funeral home business? Because that's what we're talking about, right? Let's talk about the ethnic. So I said, how does that work? Like, what what do they do? Like, what makes them grief dogs, right, compared to therapy dogs? What's right. the difference, right? So I was told that they have, like, extremely different commands. Like, one of them is uh, they'll go up and they'll lay on your lap. Mm-hmm. So they'll put their head, Nick, on your leg. Right. And we know that uh, petting a dog actually releases endorphins in our brains, which helps with um, depression and anxiety. It's a natural coping thing that happens in our brain when we are petting a dog. But they go even further, Nick. They go to the point where they'll sit and wait for you. Mm-hmm. Not. We, we know that dogs thinking, are very like, in tune into emotions, but more than humans are. Let's look at this um, a comedic way. Like, do you think that dogs ever like, man, why is this guy not want to? <laughs> pet me i'm going out of my way like man i'm hoping That's i get this job. treat i hope i get this treat <laughs> you know and i hear that sometimes they know how we to, all like, hate our jobs right? let's just be frank they about know it. how to like lap they know how to like go up and the, some of them know how to like like go as like a baby so they c- can hold them as a baby mm-hmm. it'd be hard with the really, bigger dogs really cool like but i was thinking like that, what if that dog miscommunicates one person right because there's some people that don't like dogs i've i've met them and usually they're well then i, think I don't want to hang out with them but I, you know <laughs> i think the dog would actually read that the dog are very no, but like do you think to every once emotions. in a while they don't they don't get it well right, they probably make humans, mistakes right? so like I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's humanize it a little I'm bit. The of dogs this, like, are a big dog that like jumps into this lap, right? Because they're always like labradoodles, right? So, and labradoodles they're come not like, always labradoodles, but they're but usually there's labradoodles. a lot of labradoodles. So usually they're like three sizes. So like the, there's a small labradoodle, and then there's a basically horse. like, and then there's a horse, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So like, do you imagine like that big one's like that person needs me? <laughs> jumps in that lap, and that person wants nothing to do with them. I have the uh, knowledge of knowing uh, a colleague of mine. That you have the one. knowledge of knowing? And I, I have the knowledge of knowing. That sounds like a mouthful. And she <laughs> said, it's really cool because I forget I forget that sometimes this dog is there. She said, so the problem is the arrangement room is going really bad. And sometimes it happens. Sometimes you just can't feel the room mm-hmm. or they don't feel you. It's, it's one way or another. And she goes, oh, let's call Sandy in. Mm-hmm. And she goes, it's it's like a usually a night like a 180 night and day yep. you know the dog comes in oh philip love dogs i didn't realize how important these dogs are nick let's talk about people with pets do you want to start first on the psychology side of this like is there a difference now with pets than there was maybe 10 20 years ago well i think you know the olden days when uh gus was starting to feel ill and you took him out back and you pulled out a rifle and that was that i don't think that really happens that much anymore um i think that animals have been really i think for a lot of people it animals have become uh basically a therapy dog without being a therapy dog and i think some people take it as far as 
there's people that, you know, weren't blessed with kids or never got married or whatever. And I think they look at their pets as children. So a puppy is a baby in their mind. And as the, you know, and that goes through the, the dog's life and then the dog dies. It's like losing a child for them. So there is some people out there and there's probably a lot more than, you know, a lot of people would actually think, but there's a lot of people out there that really do see their pets as their kids, you know, and call them their kids. So it's important to note that, you know, when people are talking about their pets, you might not be really interested in it, but it's just like a parent talking about their children, you know, like there's a lot of parents out there that like to tell you what their child is doing day to day. And I think for people, a lot of people that gets boring and annoying. And can we talk about something else? Problem is oh, when these Sammy people look at... Eight is he ate his nope. lettuce today. Nope. <laughs> Moving on. Some of these people that are talking about their pets, it's the same scenario. They, that's their life is their pet. They go to work and they come home and they come home to their kid and their kid has been patiently waiting on the couch, staring at the door since they left. Well, and then there's some pe- people out there. I, I know some people that have um, sick dogs or sick animals, and they literally are, you know, baby feeding them every day and making sure they're paying a lot of money on, you know, surgeries. And, you know, this is the stuff that, not saying it didn't happen back then, but it, this is becoming more frequent. No, and it absolutely is, Nick. And I want to go a little bit further on that. Um, I actually have some knowledge on the funeral home side where there was a funeral home that their son became a vet- veterinarian and he opened a pet crematory. And his dad goes, I don't think this is going to work. And his and his son was like, I'm going to add this pet cemetery right or pet crematory right next door. And I'm not... Like spitballing you, Nick, something like 60% they've had more business because of adding the pet crematory next door. It's a niche, right? It's a niche that is becoming. And they go there. They go to the house with suited up. Yep. And they pick up your cat, your dog, Mm -hmm. your horse, whatever. I don't don't want to specifically say that because I'm not. I don't know how far they go. Right. Because we're from Ida. So like cows and stuff are pets too. But from what I hear, they go to your house, it's suited up, and take care of your dog and cat. Nick, now I know you're wondering. I am wondering, Ben. What can you do for your pet right now? Wow, that is a, such a great question. What can you do, Ben? So there are companies. There are companies that do pet cremations. Mm-hmm. There are companies that do pet funerals. Right. And there are, uh, and you can actually put your pet as an obituary. Which is a in the whole paper new thing, yeah, as in your local paper. So now it's like, okay, now we know we can do the same thing we can to a, you know, a human, right? So what do we do? How do we do it? And so Dad and I do get a lot of calls, not a lot of calls, but a couple of calls a year. Their their pet dies in the house. Mm-hmm. They're like, what do we do? God, how do we, do, how do we do this? What I'm finding with most animals is they want to cremate. They want to cremate their dogs. They want to right. cremate their cats. They want to cremate. What about them. taxidermy? What do you think of that? You know that hasn't come across much in. I think that's kind of my a lost experience. Art. I, I think it's obviously it's going to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. And then the idea too is it's kind of like cremation in the fact of what do you do with it, right? The cremate. So like you might want the taxidermy, Gus, my Gus Fruit Loop my Guster, but your are your kids going to want that? Maybe. I think the most important thing, and we've talked about this with grief, 
is is that it's it's so personalized for everybody. So let's say, yeah, I think about like your mom, right? And your mom is that one lady that is literally feeding her dog four times a day, you know, hand feeding, giving him medicine five times a day, making sure that he's, you know, eating the proper, you know, uh, food, which is $50 a month. Um, and then she passes away. What do you do with that sick dog? Right? And then are you Pet. responsible Sorry. if you don't take care of that dog? Well, is there guilt to that, right? My, this was like, mom's golden child you know and now i'm going to i have the either the option of putting it down or taking it in and being miserable i think as 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 a parent right you should tell them it's okay if you want to get rid of gus when i'm gone why why not nick that that's a lot of burden to put on your kids well but so if millie Millie is like i don't want the thought of gus not staying in the family might be heartbreaking for that person i understand but like that's a lot to put on your kids but i think the kids understand that maybe no i don't i don't and think if they the do. kids don't understand that then they hold on to gus or they get rid of gus or they get rid of gus and gus goes in the dumpster maybe gus goes duff- dumpster diving who knows just for our, for our listeners there are companies that will come and take care of your beloved pet pets from what i've heard they are very professional. Like I said, they come in a suit and tie, and they take your your love pet just like they would your loved one. So I think it's time for the Q&As. Q&A, Q&A, everyone loves that Q&A. All right, Q&As, Nikki boy. Hit me with your best shot. You ready? Yeah. I really need to vent and tell somebody about this. I had to put my sweet little boy Zoe to sleep today. Today was the last day that I could hold hold them. I took him in, and they sedated him. I cried, grief and happiness. For the first time in and for first time in a while, he looked so peaceful. But all the while holding him, I couldn't help but think, what more could I have done for him? I have so many regrets. I have so much anger and sorrow in my heart right now. I'm so sorry that I couldn't do more to help help you, buddy. Rest in peace, Zoe. How do you feel about Zoe, Nick? You know, I I don't know, you know, the psychology behind this, but I would state that for some people, losing a pet is just like losing a human, um, losing a sister or a brother, especially if you're close to your pet. I think this this is a case that comes up a lot in my experience with grief work is there's always guilt and shame associated with someone losing someone, whether it was I didn't spend enough time or what if I would have spent more money or... What if I would have been take him into the vet? What if I would have noticed, you know, something that could have maybe saved their life? And the reality is, we're human, right? The reality is, we only have so much money, um, we only have so much time, and we only have uh, so much patience and um, brain capacity. That's the best way I could put it. Meaning, there is stuff you're going to miss as a human. There is things, hurdles that you're just not going to be able to get over. You know, there is times when money is tight. Unfortunately, you have to survive to, you know, take care of anybody else. So at the end of the day, when it comes to guilt and shame, I would like to challenge people on maybe flipping the lens a little bit on what are their capabilities. And so, yeah, maybe maybe you could have done another surgery on this pet, you know, this poor little little Zoe. But what kind of life would that be for Zoe? Well, let's let's be honest, Nick. Would it have helped 
Sometimes maybe. That, that's the problem with pets. You can't tell how they feel. You don't know exactly if that's the main reason that they're... And even if the surgery's going to work. Yeah. There's a lot of times where they'll give you numbers. They'll tell you, hey, maybe 40% of the time we do this, it actually I'll, helps I'll, the pet. I'll be completely honest, and I'll put it in, I'll put it on my own self. I was given a 50% that I could take my six-year-old dog to Lansing and maybe save him. Yeah, save right. her. And I didn't because I didn't want the two and a half hours more that this dog is in so much pain and that maybe the surgery comes out good, but then she's in that much pain still. So then the end, the, the question becomes, especially with pets, is are you doing this these procedures to keep for this you? person alive for you or for them? Correct. And again, I understand that you know, this is your your best buddy, your 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 pal, the person that's always there for you when you've had a long day and bad day, and you know never judges you. And I I understand that. I understand that there's a, there is definitely an attachment between humans and pets that I think for some people you can't even put into words because it's I think through the worst times, the traumatic experiences, they're all they're always there with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little further, Nick. I think that's a reason why dogs have such a like a small lifespan. Well, they suck in all of is our... Is because they have to take all of our... Yeah, they suck ass. in all of our, you know, depression and, yeah. and sadness so, and So, yeah, anger. so the idea is, you're right, is it, are you, is this pet living or existing? And I think that's the two different things. Right, yep. I think the important part is keep talking about it. I think the, the more you get it out, the more you're not going to sleep on it and uh, let it just you know, bury into mm. your subconscious and that ends up destroying some people. So, something that may sound so easy, but such a small thing is, uh, both of Nick and I have our first dog on a Christmas tree ornament and we put her up every year. And I know it sounds like a small thing to not care about, but every year I'm like, Oh, choo choo. She's it's back. part of the family, right? <laughs> they become part of the, you know, it's, She's it's back. so, it's she, so funny. You get kills them. It. You get them as little ones, like puppies or whatever, and at first you're like, "Oh my god!" If you pee on the floor one more time, it's, that's that's it. Why do we get so? But many then a guys? month later, you're like, "This is my best friend." Oh my gosh, Sparky! All right, Nick, here we go. Is it normal to not feel bad about pet loss after not living with your pet for years? A family member moved to another state years ago and took our pet with them. I cried when this happened, but recently the pet has passed away, and I don't, I don't grieve the death. Is this normal behavior? Anybody experiencing something similar? So what I would say is that she says that she didn't grieve the death, but she already grieved for that animal. Because ah. she talks she talks about how she was, you know, torn apart when, you know, the pet was taken away from her. And that's probably more traumatic so, than the actual well, death. I'm just, well, I'm just saying she already grieved for the... It's almost like she lost the pet before it actually died. So, and, and again, I, I'm not necessarily saying that First of all, it's not right or wrong not to grieve. Right. Period. But I think, and more importantly, I'd like you to think about: Didn't you already grieve? And I like it says that you've already grieved. You know, you said that you were torn apart when this dog was taken away from you. So in your mind, that was the end of that dog. You know what, Nick? I'm gonna or cat or what? I don't know, even know if it was an animal. Was I'm gonna it? go hold in my pride here, and I think for one time you're right. When you said that, I felt it. When you said they've already grieved the loss of that dog, right? Because they it wasn't there anymore. Well, and that's another thing that I think gets gets misinterpreted or lost in translation. Grief is yes, it is definitely you can definitely compare it to death, but it's also a death of anything, a loss of anything, a loss of a job. You're moving. Your parents get divorced. Those are all 
situations which we grieve. It's not uh, a death grieve, but it's a grief. When people hear the word grieve or grief, they think automatically it has to do with death. No, I, th- I think you bring up a really cool thought that people wouldn't even think when they heard that. I didn't even think of that, but you brought it up and she brings it up in it. Like she tells you, yeah, I'm already grieving the fact that I lost this dog and now I'm dealing. Now it just again. might have been easier for her to separate from that dog at that point. The emotional attachment is not. She already not lost there, the dog. In her, mind, in her mind, she already she, lost the dog. A better way to view, because she's probably so hurt that the the animal is gone. We keep saying dog. She doesn't say dog. The animal is gone. That's that. Yeah, that's is, us. Is that we love she the dog. literally separated <laughs> so herself from it again. So the subconsciously, I think she already grieved the dog. Let's move on. All right, here we go, Nick. I think it's almost time. My cat is 15. I held him tonight and simply cried while I hugged him to my chest. He's been my rock through so much. I've had him since I was six. We grew up together. He was always a little supporter when when my parents divorced. It's so hard to think about losing him, but I know I can't let him suffer. What are some things I can do to prepare for his loss? Go ahead, Nick. Hold them close, man. Share the last moments you got with with your loved ones. And, and I mean pets too. Animals, friends, family, doesn't matter. I think it's so important, especially in the last couple of days, if you get that opportunity to know it's the last couple of days, to make it count. Um, be really, truly present with um, your animal. I would actually say one thing that might help you is to think back when you were six years old. And that that enjoyment and that love you originally had. Live that last 48 hours with this this cat like you did when you were six years old. Hug it as much as you can. Don't worry about what other people are going to think. If you want to dress him up, if you want to just enjoy your last just live. 48 hours. You know, one thing we didn't say in this episode, and I think this is super important. There's a lot of people out there that don't see pets as a big deal. So right. You right. might get six months of people actually caring about a death of like a family member that's and a feel, human. And feel free if you have a comment because you don't understand it, like feel free to give a comment. Feel well, and let's be to, honest, like, jobs don't even allow you to take time off work for human deaths. Do you think they're going to do that for pets? No, definitely not. And that's what's interesting no. is pets are, I, I think it's more and more, especially with the world of you feel secluded a lot of time. The pandemic is probably not helping the situation whatsoever because the idea is your pet might be the only person you can see right now. And it's going to make attachments just right. so much stronger. Well, and, and a lot of people are working from home now. And I want to make this very clear. Nick and I are big dog lovers. So feel free to leave dog pictures in the comments. And uh, especially if they're Shih Tzus, Bichons, or Maltesas. We're all about those. And he has a uh, Malamute. I have a Samoyed and a Some Beagle. Ma- sorry, Mal- Malamute. So. <laughs> Is that, like, is that a ferret? I did have two Nick ferrets. Nick did like two ferrets. He had two have, ferrets. So. I, had, I had radar and sonar, or yeah, baby baby awesome. girl and big boy. I also had uh, uh, two chinchillas at a time. And this is why nobody likes Nick. Yeah. So uh, feel free to leave your comments. If you have any like weird pets, too, Like we'd love to hear. Like, let's yeah, hear again, about your ben bats. And I, ben and I are dog people, so I'm technically a lot of people. We did have a animal, cat, and her name was Oreo, and she was awesome, but... She we ran away. Heard, we don't know. She ran away. <laughs> she didn't like us too much. <laughs> All right. Anyways, thank you for tuning in. You know what? Thank you for showing this podcast to your friends and subscribing and liking and being a part of our family because we hope to help 
we're hoping that these conversations bring light to maybe some things that you haven't thought about or maybe just something that you're like, oh, maybe I need to go talk about that. Because we are going to talk about death. Because if you're not talking about death, then you ain't living.